Welcome to Mindset Reset Radio. I'm your host, Jess, and I'm on a mission to help female entrepreneurs like you get intentional in life and business. So if you're feeling stuck, you're looking for inspiration, or you just want to be reminded that you're not alone on this crazy entrepreneurial journey, you've landed in the right place. You can join our community of intention getters on Instagram at Jessica Thiefels, that's me, and you can learn more about how I can support you in business and mindset at jessicathiefels.com. Finally, if you love what you hear, please don't forget to rate and review the podcast. I'll be forever grateful. Now, sit back, grab a journal, and get ready to start living with intention. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Mindset Reset Radio. We are here with Annalie Hansen, who is an award-winning brand strategist based out of Stockholm, Sweden. With her 20-plus years of experience in brand strategy, design thinking, and marketing, she has a unique positioning in the market. She's worked with a wide range of brands of different sizes and forms, from ones that you know, like Coca-Cola and Levi's to ones that you might not know, but that are doing really cool things like innovative organic food brands from Sweden, one of which you'll have to remind us just won an amazing award um, that I want you to tell our audience about in a second. Um, And she's now an independent brand strategist, coach, and speaker, helping creatives get paid for their thinking. Welcome, welcome. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much. I am excited to be here too. Yes. So kick us off with telling us a little bit about maybe just like catch us up to where you are today and what you're doing. Um, and tell us about the award that the organization you are working for just won. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. As you mentioned, I, you know, I've been in this industry for in, in marketing and, and, um, branding, uh, brand strategy for over 20 years. So I started, um, 98, actually, my first PR agency uh, as an employee. So it's been a while, but mm-hmm. I was on the uh, on the uh, such a, like uh, agency side for many years. I had my own agency, and then I really like wanted to see how it was to be on the client side. You know, because when you have clients, you always feel like they're a little bit like you know. <laughs> They always demand so much and they want so much from you. (laughs) And like, I wonder how it is to be a client myself. And especially especially like, I wonder how it is to work with global, really big agencies. Mm. So I got an opportunity to first be a chief uh, brand officer and then a chief marketing officer on this multi-billion dollar uh, brand called Lantmanen, Swedish. Uh, It's owned by Swedish farmers. Cool. So it's nor- Northern Europe's biggest company when it comes to agriculture wow. and food energy. Really cool. Really big. Yeah. So I had seven agencies at the same time, like agencies like McCann and DDB and others, like I was responsible for. So wow. that was the award you talked about was actually, we got awarded two times as number one sustainable brand in Sweden. Amazing. And And now today, I actually saw that they're topping the list of purposeful corporations in Sweden. So they list like the 50 biggest corporations in Sweden mm-hmm. with purpose. Mm. And and this company, uh, which I actually like was responsible for all the marketing, um, just won over like IKEA, H&M, wow. Spotify, Volvo. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. So I'm proud of that. And And now today I actually totally do something else. I just decided that I want to make help, you know, transform creatives 
into heroes. So I'm teaching uh, creatives how, could it, how to get paid for your thinking. So that means like brand strategy, marketing strategy, design thinking. I That's love that. I, I love it so much. And I actually initially reached out to you because you had a three-part series on how to sell brand strategy. <laughs> Yeah. And I don't sell brand strategy because I don't, I don't technically do brand. I do content strategy and marketing mm-hmm. strategy, but yeah. it was so applicable to me. And I, I have a note on my computer and I went through all three of those posts and completely like revised the way that yeah. I sell. And wow. it's like, it's amazing. It's worked so well. <laughs> I have, it just, I feel so much more confident on the mm. sales calls in a way that I never had before because I have such a clear process for yeah, how I walk yeah. through yeah. it. And it's really simple too. So I'll have to link to those posts within the show notes for anyone else wants to check it out. I've sent it to so many people because I'm like, this is so great. Um, And so that made me reach out to you and, um, and thank you (laughs) for that. But I'm super curious about, do you know what it was that I mentioned that you didn't think about before? Like, what was that thing that helped you? It was. I think it was just that you laid out a really clear process. And so I think Mm -hmm. for me, like I think for a lot of people, selling and sales calls can feel um, like nerve wracking, you know, and and sort of like chaotic. And you want to come off as very confident and poised. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have a plan, you're not going to. And I've I've never taken like a sales course or anything. I'm running my business as someone who was in marketing and decided to start an agency. So for me, I think it was wrapping my arms around like a framework for how to talk about it. Um, And one thing you had suggested was to like the way you do your rates, share your rates, you would say like from 30K to 15K. So starting with the higher rate so that it sort of like positions them to feel like, oh, 15K is not that much because it's not 30K. Um, that was one thing that really stood out that I've been using as well. So yeah, the framework generally was just really, really supportive for me. I've been realizing recently that like frameworks have been a lot more helpful for me in the last year or so. Yeah. I mean, I think generally, uh, I mean, it's not that complicated. I think it's about Mm -hmm. a mindset. Yes. And I think it's all about people ask me, how can I convince people about selling strategy? So that is the number one thing. I don't convince people. And when you can let go of that, like you have to convince people, you have to Mm -hmm. sell. I think that is the anxiety a lot of people feel. Yeah. But instead, you're going in thinking that you want to help someone, you want to guide someone. Mm -hmm. And when you have that mindset, then it's more like an exploration of, you know, can I help you? Am I the right person to help you? Maybe I can recommend someone else. That's how I'm thinking. Right. You know, so that also don't make you so desperate. Right. In the approach, a little bit more relaxed, maybe, and grounded. Yeah. Which I think is good if you want to sell something. So basically, I'm just kind of, this is interesting because I do the same thing in strategy, coaching, and selling. It's Hmm. the same framework. It's like, I just want them to visualize where they want to be in the future. Mm-hmm. Because when you visualize yourself in there and you can see yourself, and I even ask sometimes about, I couldn't write everything in a post, but I sometimes um, ask them to kind of put, you know, bes- describe for me how it looks like and how mm-hmm. it feels like. Mm-hmm. For, because when you can put yourself in the future and you can see yourself, 
And then when you see yourself, I ask them to tell me how it is right now, what they struggle with. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can imagine the emotion. It's like from excitement to mm-hmm. like, oh, shoot, I'm here, you know? Right. And then I can be the guide who can guide them there. So when then they realize that, then I, I don't have to convince anyone. I really, really love that piece too. And that's a big piece of what I do is I start the call by saying, Mm -hmm. tell me where you are now and tell me where you Mm want to be and give me the vision. And then I'm able to then use that to say like, I can, here's like you just said, here's how I'm going to get you to that vision. So then I have like, I can connect what I'm, what I offer into what they want and show them specifically how what I offer can help them get to that specific vision where it's less general, feels more connected to them. And like you said, they're excited Mm -hmm. about the experience now and you're excited too, you know, cause you're like, I know I can help you assuming that, you know, they are actually someone you can support. Um, And so I think, yeah, it completely changes the energy of the sales experience for everyone. Mm, it does. And, you know, also I think that I, I really believe that in that almost everyone, doesn't matter what you sell, but if you sell a service, always should start with strategy. And mm. I know the word strategy is terrifying for a lot of people because mm. maybe you haven't studied it, but strategy basically means that you have a long-term plan, like how... It doesn't even have to be long-term plan. It could be a direction, but it needs to be a plan how to get from where you are at now to where you want to go. So when you actually do the sales call that way, you kind of prompt your way of doing strategy first. Right. Because if they tell you where they want to be and you know where they're at right now, Whatever you want to do, if it's a brand identity design, a website, content, mm-hmm. you still need to think about how you can solve the problem. Right. And you don't want to give away that thinking. I never give away anything in a proposal. I don't even write proposals, but I don't <laughs> give away anyway in a, in a proposal. And I don't give away any like discovery mm-hmm. sessions because that is the most valuable. Mm. Execution is easier for do for a lot of people. Right. The thinking is where you can pay, where people can pay a lot of money. So I think that kind of prompt for actually maybe, you know, starting out, even if you're not a brand strategist or marketing strategist, you can start out with a one day or two half day workshops. Mm -hmm. And then you get paid for that. And you can really have a solid plan how they can reach their goals. And then you start to work. Yeah. This way of selling kind of helps you to even charge more. And to give much more value. Yes, I love that. And the thing that I've had to learn is, how do I want to say this? Like people, when they're investing in something, they want to feel like they're getting something tangible out of it, right? Like they want to feel like, um, so for me, like sometimes what I do, like when I create a strategy, marketing strategy, Mm -hmm. it's actually like really simple. And it's not like this really in-depth thing. I'm not doing like a deep Mm -hmm. brand strategy or something like that. Usually they have that figured out, but they want it to be complicated. They don't want it to be complicated, but they do. You know what I mean? Like they don't want to just be like, oh, here's a simple doc. They want like more meat. They want to feel like they're really getting Mm -hmm. a lot for what they're Mm -hmm. paying for. So I also think there's something to be said for, even if you don't think that's necessary, Mm-hmm. trying out building something like that into your offering and seeing yeah. if people want to convert more because they feel like they're getting more out of it, even if it's not even a lot for you. And then, like you said, then you can charge more yeah. and get paid more. 
Yeah. I love that idea. So mm-hmm. yeah. what I, what I want to do. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Um, before we started uh, recording, you were telling me how you have a background in sales and you shifted your mindset a lot in terms of how you approached sales then and how you approach sales now. So I'm curious for you to like talk us through what was then and what's now and, you know, Mm -hmm. like how that's changed and how that's been impactful for you in terms of selling better, more effectively. Yeah. You know, I think, and I'm not like bragging, but my three first jobs was just sales and it was like cold outreach, you know, back then, this is like pre-computers, pre-internet. Mm-hmm. So right after school. So we're talking about like a small room, a big phone book, a phone, mm-hmm. and me. That was it. And it's like 100 calls a day. So that's tough, you know? Yeah. And then I got recruited to, to you know, a startup, really cool, like startup who uh, later uh, was um, became uh, Racerfish. But it doesn't matter. I, I started up. A magazine there, and I was responsible for selling all the ads and everything. So I just had to learn how to sell, and I didn't have any kind of technique. I went to an, like international sales education, but you know that was like car sales style. I mm. never liked that. So I kind of I I sell like I sold on charm. It sounds horrible, but you know what I mean. I I just yeah. used my personality. Yeah. And I talked to people and we had a good time, you know, so that was basically how I saw. And then I didn't think about it so much. I always been selling my own services and I love it. And I'm, you know, my whole life. But then like three years ago, I joined an international network for creatives called the Future Pro Group. And I met a guy who runs that, Chris Doe. And he totally changed my way of seeing selling. And I think it's because he's an introvert who didn't like to sell. So when he approached the selling, for him, it was much more natural to ask questions and to have that curious mindset. And he talked to me and in the group about the difference between the farmer and the hunter. And the hunter is more the person like going after kind of what you want and cold outreach and, you know, sales-driven marketing and the farm is more like giving value, creating content, maybe asking more questions, letting people come to you more inbound. So for me, that was like a totally new concept. I was on social media, but I didn't even produce, you know, any content like that, mm-hmm. more like private things on Facebook, you know. Right. So, so that was a totally different a mindset shift for me. Like, oh, really? Can you do it that way? So I remember when I started to, to like listen to him and I'm like, maybe I can just ask questions instead of convincing people. So I started to do that. I'm like, should this really works? So I think that was a mindset shift, both how I approached sales by asking more questions instead of guiding Mm-hmm. And then that also changed my whole way of doing marketing because I started to give value and don't sell. And that is kind of the foundation, how I then got so many followers. So I think that those two things are connected. So I, sometimes I say, like, I joke and say, like, I'm the vegetarian lion mm-hmm. because it's actually a vegetarian lion in real life. And it's kind of cool because I feel like a lioness. 
mm-hmm. but vegetarian. So it's like I'm I'm behaving like a farmer now, giving value and asking questions. But like inside of me, I'm I'm the hunter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that shift so much because I do think we go into these sales calls with this feeling of like, I have to make this happen. I have to do this. And like this sort of Mm, almost like a forceful masculine sense. Whereas I feel like the questions gives that more sense, that more feminine approach, that more flow, that Mm. let me put everything in your hands and let me just be here to listen and learn. It feels just like just thinking about it. I feel like makes me feel like relief, you know? Yeah, I know. It's like magic. And I I think it's correct. Like you said, it's a little bit of that um, more compassion, mm-hmm. which is a feminine side. Yeah. So, so lean into that and show more compassion and feel like you're serving and helping. Mm-hmm. And that mindset will make a big difference. So sometimes I feel, see it a little bit also like, you know, when, if you're really desperate and you're single, people can kind of smell it. You know, it's like mm-hmm. you see it from far away. So going into a sales call, like acting like a married woman, mm. you know, it's a little bit the difference from feeling desperate and wanting to meet someone. It's the same energy. Mm-hmm. It's like you just go in. You don't even know if you want this person or not. Right. You haven't decided yet, you know, it's like, let's see what happens. And that is not an energy that people get like they, you know, they get drawn into that energy instead. They want to buy from you. And sometimes if I feel like people are like really like, mm, you know, starting to have some doubts and stuff, instead of pushing, I do the opposite. So people who, who's, um, who have a dog, or, or maybe or into horses. They know exactly what I mean. Because you can't like run after a horse, they run away. And you can't like chase your dog, they will run away. So what you do is you turn, you know, your back and you walk slowly away. Mm. And what happened is that the dog come running, the horse come running and the client come running. Yeah. <laughs> Men come running. No, <laughs> but it's like the same psychology is like I'm not that interested of you right now so I'm slowly you know walking away and then they're coming after like but I want to work with you yeah so that's kind of that's how I think about it all the time like I don't need to I just want to make sure can I give you value are you the right fit for me am I the right for you if not it doesn't matter it's okay I can Mm -hmm. recommend you to someone else I think that's kind of confidence mm-hmm. makes people relax and they want to be guided by you. So right. I love selling. I know that people be like, what? But I really do because I feel like I'm just helping people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. I really love it too. I've been having so many sales calls lately yeah. as I've made a, a shift in my business and who yeah. I'm like specifically oh. working with and feels really amazing. One thing I want you to elaborate on is, yeah. so they're, they're maybe showing some hesitation and you, you figuratively walk away. Yeah. You know how that looks in the sales call. Like, are you then asking other questions? Are you just like leaving silence? Like, tell me how you're managing that. Like literally. Yeah. I can, 
I can give some exam- different examples of what can happen. Yeah. It could be like you talk about something, for example, and then I say the price. Mm-hmm. So if I anchor the price high, like you said, mm-hmm. so I could, for example, if I talk about brand strategy, it could be like, okay, so uh, because you ask a price. And when people ask about a price, by the way, they're interested. Otherwise, they don't ask about the price. Right. So that's a clue that they're interested. So then I can say like, okay, but... Typically for clients like you, it's often between 50K down to maybe starting point at 20K, Mm. depending about, you know, uh, how big the company is, how how complex the challenge is, but that is often where we land. And then Mm. I'm quiet. And this is the most important thing that I learned when I went to sales school. And now when I met my mentor, Chris, after, and also my favorite author, Blair Enns, uh, in sales, they say the same, same thing. Mm. So you say the price and then you're quiet. And you need to be quiet until they start to talk. And this is the most important thing going on in the whole sales call, that you need to be quiet there. Because they will talk. And it's okay mm-hmm. if it's quiet for a while. That is like the power silence. Mm-hmm. So if you feel insecure, you will start talking and kind of defend your price. Right. Never do that because it's up to them. And when you kind of anchor that 50 going down to 20, they're like, shoot, that was expensive. But then like, maybe can I afford 20? That's how they start to think. Right. You know? I love that. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of, and then they'd be like, oh, you know, I think it's too expensive for me. Mm-hmm. And then instead of start defending again, I'm really like, okay, I totally understand that. I know I'm uh, probably more expensive than other people you've been talking to. Mm-hmm. And that's totally okay. So either I can recommend you to someone else that I know, maybe a student of mine or someone that is not that experienced. Mm. Or we can look into um, maybe there's something we can do because I never compromise when it comes to quality. But we can maybe look into what time frame you need to have it done. Mm. That's the only way that I can feel that I can maybe look into an option for you is that if you have a longer time frame, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. So that's kind of two different ways I can do it. I often just don't both because I often say the first and then I'm quiet again mm-hmm. and then say that, then they say, but we want to work with you. And that's always what they say, mm-hmm. you know? And the reason also why they say it is because I already built that know, like, and trust before they even talk to me. And I do that with my social media content. Mm-hmm. So they know about me already. I have brand awareness. They already trust me. So that's already kind of done. And then they want to work with me. So it's the combination of building that awareness Mm -hmm. and trust in your content by giving a lot of value. Mm -hmm. And then people want to work with you. So it makes it so much easier. So that's often what I do. So that could be like one way. And also... Another tip that you can uh, think about when it comes to uh, objections, objection handling, is that sometimes I just think about it before, like empathize and think, 
what can be their objections? Mm-hmm. And you write down a couple of them and you think about the answers. And instead of waiting for them, you can actually bring up one or two and say, you know, I know that I'm a little bit expensive, blah, blah, blah. And then you kind of take care of the objections before they even come up. Right. Or you can say, oh, maybe now you're thinking like da, da, da. Because they're like, oh my God, I did think that. How yeah. could she know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so you can actually bring it up. But when people have objections, I just answer them. And then I say, is there anything else you want to ask me about? Is there mm-hmm. anything else you... Because I always want to have all the objections so I can handle them. Because yeah. the worst thing is if people say, no, I'm good. And then they say no, because then you didn't even have a chance. Right. So like, is there anything else? Is there anything else? Can I help you? You know, any question mark? So I just kind of try to just have a conversation until they feel like they have asked everything they want. Yeah. And Um, I think you, that piece that you're saying right here was a big piece of why I actually changed my sales process. So Mm -hmm. I have an initial um, call to just do the first piece we talked about, like give me your vision. Tell me what you want to achieve. Amazing. 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 My range is from high to low. And then I say, let's get a proposal call scheduled on the calendar for tomorrow or the next day, because I don't like to send a proposal via email. I want to go over it together. So that way Mm -hmm. I can immediately handle those objections directly. I don't email them the proposal and then they're just like stewing in these concerns. We talk about it right on the call. And that's been a big shift for me that I'm wondering if there are listeners out there thinking like, shoot, maybe I should start doing it that way. Um, Because I think think it makes the proposal more powerful. It's much better. And also I heard something, I think it was from Blair Enns and David C. Baker's uh, podcast, uh, Two Bobs. I love that podcast. Um, And I think Blair was the one who said that as a creative people, or like if you sell some services, we're often kind of good at putting them in that mindset, like where Mm -hmm. we want to be in the future. We can imagine things and, you know, so use that imagination. Mm -hmm. But People feel excited about that. But about four hours after the call, even if they were super excited, mm-hmm. most people start to have doubts mm. and they're like, mm, maybe not. And they start to go through like, mm, do I, can I afford this? Blah, 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 you know. And then it's not a good idea to go back to that excitement again. If you had the chance, then you kind of need to handle that in a way that you just build the trust that Mm. a testimonial or case study. Mm. So one thing that you can do also to kind of avoid this is that you have the call. If you can't close it in the call, I would actually, um, and if they want to, you know, to have a proposal or something, I would... um, Actually, after three, four, five hours, when we know that the, that dip is, mm-hmm. I will send an email and say, thank you so much. Uh, it was a great conversation. You know, I would love to work with you. I just thought about these two clients that I've been doing mm-hmm. work for. I send the testimonials from them or the case study. I think you can enjoy, the, you know, something that actually gives them a proof that you're good at what you're mm-hmm. doing. So they, you know, and when they feel that doubt, it comes like in a perfect moment. So about four hours after the call, 
just send them that. that so that could actually help a lot, I think. So, and also I try, to, I try to close it in the call. So if I feel like people are ready, mm-hmm. then I prefer to say, I'm not giving them a yes or no question. Mm-hmm. I just say, great. I would love to get started as soon as possible. Sounds like you're ready. Do you want to start this project in two weeks or are we starting in a month? Or like, do we start next mm-hmm. week or in three weeks? Because that helps them the last kind of nudge right? to say yes, instead of have the opportunity to say like, are you interested or not? Because it's like, uh, no. And then you have to kind of start over. Right. So, so <laughs> do you want to start then? <laughs> so I sound like a sales coach. I'm actually not, but I just love, I love selling. And I think that's the core when you have a business, because if you can mm-hmm. sell your services yeah. or marketing, it's really difficult to have a business. Yeah, exactly. And sales, I think, is probably if you ask a hundred female entrepreneurs, probably sales is the number one thing that they feel they're not good at and they don't yeah. like doing because we have this idea of sales being icky and pushy mm. and sleazy and uncomfortable. And it yeah. really just truly, as you're sharing here today, and as I yeah. can attest to, does not have to be that way. Like everything we're saying here is exactly what I've been doing on my calls as well. Yeah. And I'm finding that the experience is just so much better and people are converting more and people mm. are, you know, loving the, the experience of having the conversation with yeah. me and they tell me that. So, um, and I think ultimately, even if they don't say yes, mm. having this really great experience with you, I think increases the chances of them wanting to work with you later or referring yeah. you because they're like, wow, that was like, People tell me all the time, it's a beautiful proposal. We're really impressed mm-hmm. by what you put together here. So you yeah. leave that really great impression on them mm-hmm. and that confidence and that energy. Yeah. So that might benefit you down the road as well. I mean, you're definitely top of mind and you're building their, your brand. Mm-hmm. You know? So I think mm-hmm. that's super important. And also, you know, I know a lot of people say like, just be present, go with the flow, you know, you don't need a framework, you don't need a set, like a script. And I'm not saying like a script, exactly say those words. But as you found out, like, I think a framework where you, you kind of just need to think about future, decide future state, right. where you're at now, a gap in the middle, and you want to bring them there because a lot of people get stuck in just the first thing of analysis or strategy. And that could be complicated for clients who don't have so much knowledge about that. Mm-hmm. It just sounds expensive and they don't understand. So when, when designers, for example, want to sell their services and start with strategy, I always say sell or a website, sell what the client know what it is first. Mm. Because they see that visual website in front of them, or if you, you know, do content marketing or people see a visual of something in front of them, let them have that vision. And then you say, okay, great. I would love to give you that. And the way I do it is that we start here. We have a workshop. I have a clear process how to get there because we need to build that foundation for the house before we start building the house, because otherwise we don't even know if we're doing the right thing. And that can cost a lot of money for you. So we need to make sure 
that we have a good strategy before we start. And they totally get that. But if you're like, no, 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 I just, you know, let's don't talk about this now. First, I will do this and my process for strategies, this, then people get nervous, you know? So it's like, talk to them with their own language and what they understand. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, great, I will get you that. You know, we just start here. Let me guide you. Uh, So I think that is like, to have that framework mm-hmm. and a few things to think about, like this is where you ask those questions. Here's how you can ask a question to kind of follow up, mm-hmm. a reminder about how to anchor the price and how you can close. You know, a few yeah. bullet points maybe in front of you. I think that could make a big difference because I hear people kind of wing it too and they're not good, you know. Right. So I think we need to practice this to get it in, you know. And then we don't need that anymore. Yeah. But I think it's a good start to have it. Yeah. And it really, truly is so, so simple. Like it's not an expensive yeah. framework. I don't have a script. And honestly, I just have my, like, if you look in my like notepad on my Apple mm. computer, I have like a note for every sales call. It's like sales <laughs> and then the name of the person or the brand that the call is. And yeah. I have like sort of my little framework at the, well, I don't anymore because now I know it, but I have yeah. my little framework at the top. And then I take notes so I can create a really good proposal and reflect mm-hmm. back things that they said to me. So then I just have it in front of me and it just like is super easy. It's not awkward. It's not weird. They don't even know what I'm looking at. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I couldn't recommend it more and you can absolutely flow within that framework. Yes. And you will naturally, every client, every call is going to be a little different. Yeah. But just knowing those high points that you want to hit, I think makes you just feel so much more confident and centered and grounded in the conversation. Yeah, I'm, I love that you love it because, it, mm. you know, it's, I, I think yeah. it's simple. And also that you, I think it's a lot about that mindset as you feel mm. like you're giving that kind of value and help guide them. Mm. And I didn't even want to, you know, when I started working with creatives, I didn't want to have one-on-one calls because I was so afraid that I would convince anyone because I knew that I could sell to anyone. Mm-hmm. And I was really afraid of that because I don't want to sell to people who's not a good fit. Right. So I actually avoided it for very, very long. But then I realized that when I was going to do my course now that I have with just 20 people, I'm like, because I then I had over 100,000 followers. So I was like, I know that I will get those 20 people without marketing. Mm-hmm. I just need to tell people that I'm going to do it and they will show up. Right. So then I had the confidence in that. Mm-hmm. So because I built on social media first, you have the audience and mm-hmm. then you can like convert them. So, so I said, you can apply and then I interview you, I talk to you and see if you're a good fit. Right. And that was my mindset. I will interview people, I will ask their story, see where they're at, see if I'm the right person to help them right now, and then I can bring them into the course. So I never see that I sell to students or coaching clients. For me, that's not selling. For me, that's they're applying, Mm -hmm. and I see if they're a good fit or not, and they feel if I'm a good fit or not. So that's our, like, call that we mm-hmm. have just getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that is also a mindset shift for me. So if you're like a coach or someone who's selling services, that could actually be maybe a way of seeing it that someone is applying and, and you just have this call to see. 
So it's not like, oh, this is a sales call to get in my coaching clients, because I feel that's a little bit weird for me to think that I would sell a course. I don't know why, but, you know, I'm so used to working with as an agency mm-hmm. and working with big, big, big clients and they have a lot of budget. And yeah. now I'm talking to someone that might think that 4K is a lot of money to invest, mm-hmm. you know? And I just want to make sure if if it's the right thing for them, because otherwise I say no. And they will probably come back in a year or two when they're ready. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really, really like the mindset shift of sort of what I'm hearing from you is like, you are making sure they're a right fit for you yeah. just as much as they're making sure. Yeah. And, and going in with that power of knowing, like, I don't need this. And if it's not the right fit, I don't want to work with them because it's not yes. going to be a good experience for either yes. of us. So yes. really being like, all right, I might walk away from this and that's mm-hmm. cool. And that's how yeah. every call goes. And if it's a good fit, then perfect. And if not, fine. Yes. It's like the, you gave the example earlier mm. um, of being married and talking to someone yeah. Yeah. Less desperate. And it made me think of another example <laughs> that people might be familiar with of mm. like, interviewing for a job when you already yeah. have one, yes. you don't really need it. You're like, I don't yes. really need this. I'm just going to do it. Mm. And then you have a completely different experience because you don't, you're not desperate to get that client. And I, I think one thing I want to mention is for listeners that are like, but I need clients. I yeah. need these people. Yeah. Okay. So maybe you take some clients that aren't the most perfect fit, but you can still use this framework and go into yes. it with a little more confidence and claim at least the rate that you really want, you know, mm-hmm. and really be powerful in that and work up to being able to like turn clients away. Maybe you're not there yeah. yet and that's okay. And you know what? I, it is okay. And most people don't have the privilege as I have. I mean, I'm 48 years old. I've been working for many, many years. I I took like six months off when I decided to pivot and change my career. So I have a runway and I'm aware of that not so many people have that. And I really respect it. So you might, you know, I also had noodle soup and I, you know, Mm. it was tough when I started my first company. Mm -hmm. So it's totally normal. But what I think could be a good thing to know is that sales and marketing is a numbers game. So it's, it's not about you if they say no, Mm -hmm. not often. It's actually more about the timing Mm-hmm. So what I learned when I went to sales school, like a hundred years ago, uh, was like, you need to reach out to a hundred people mm-hmm. to get 10 people a little interested of those three might want to have a proposal and one might buy. So nope. that's the numbers game. Mm-hmm. So if you know that, no, I don't have so many clients right now, you either had two choices or you can combine them. So either you build your following on social media And you do that by giving a lot of value. Mm -hmm. So you know who you talk to, you have a clear niche, and then you know their pain points and you give them a lot of value. Mm -hmm. You can also uh, advertise or reaching out to a list of clients Mm -hmm. and have something valuable to offer them. Like Mm -hmm. a, like no brainer first offer, you know, step offer, which could be a freebie or something really not so expensive just to get their attention. Yeah. And when they have that and they know who you are and you build trust, then it's actually that numbers game. So you need to reach out to a lot of people to make sure to get some clients. So Mm -hmm. I'm very certain like some 
you can just kind of choose. Would you want to go with the outreach or the inbound? Mm-hmm. So outbound, inbound. Yeah. yeah. Outbound, inbound. So, or you do a combination. Mm-hmm. But everyone can learn how to do this. And marketing and sales is really, really the kind of the core of running a business. And if you don't know how to do it, it's really good to learn a little bit and also maybe like learning to love to do it and find a way of doing it that feels okay with you. And I, because I work with creatives all the time, I work with a lot of shy people, introverted people. They don't like to do it in a salesy style. So mm-hmm. my way fits a lot of them actually really well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it so much. And, um, You've shared so much here today. I I have learned actually a few new things that I'm going to start implementing. So thank you for that. Um, But I want to wrap things up here with a little, give us like one last gem. If there's something that listeners, if they walk away with nothing but this, what would that Mm. be? It's my favorite thing that is super scary for a lot of people who start their business. And Mm -hmm. it's choose a niche so you Mm. know who you talk to. Yes, yes, it's yes. It's super yeah. important. And when I say niche, I really mean like an industry, like a group of people. Mm-hmm. And I, I often compare it to, do you want to be the buffet for $9 where you can eat as much as you want, you know, eat everything. I love sushi, for example. I don't want to mm-hmm. eat sushi in places like that, you know. No. Or do you want to go to that restaurant? Maybe it's like $20, but it's really good. And it's an amazing Mm -hmm. experience. And Mm -hmm. that is you. Like, do you want to be the sushi restaurant who really knows your stuff? You're focusing on one thing. And that doesn't mean that you can't have other clients. Mm -hmm. This is like a way of marketing. So you know who you talk to, you know their pain points, their dreams, their wants. So everything can be for them when you create content, when you do your marketing, because that's much easier to get on their radar and get well known. And creating awareness is everything in marketing. So I think choosing a niche and and staying with that and have a clear offer for them Mm -hmm. is the number one thing I can say. And if I can say two, I would also say give value first. Mm -hmm. Yes, I actually. And people want to buy from you. Yeah. Right. Built, like you said, build that, build that trust and show them that you know what you're talking about. And, um, I actually just did a podcast episode on the surprising benefits of niching down, which is what I just did. I just Mm -hmm. went from like working with anyone from being the buffet to (laughs) being a very specific offering for female founded mental wellness businesses, um, mental wellness brands and companies, because for me, I'm very, extremely passionate about that. It's very personal and close mm, to my heart yeah. um, in a lot of different ways. And so I did an episode, a podcast episode on it, because for those of you listening, mm. you're like shaking in your boots about the thought of doing this. Yeah, I couldn't believe how it changed so much, changed so much. I didn't realize yeah. what an energy leak it was yeah. to be just trying to appeal to everyone and everything so much has changed for me. So um, I basically am just like seconding Yes, that and your content, you can't provide value until you know who you're talking to. So you can't do this second thing without knowing that that thing first. Yeah, it's it's necessary, critical. It's it is critical. And I also think, you know, when you start to realize 
because the benefits are so big. Like you get on people's radar really fast and then they can start reaching out to you. Right. You get questions. Like I just got a question right now, like two hours ago, that uh, from a journalist, you know, in Poland. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to interview me. And he's been interviewing other like more famous like brand strategists over the world. And it's because I'm niching down. Because now I went super small with my niche. And now I wider it a little bit. But I didn't do that until I reached 100,000 followers. So mm-hmm. I already had a plan from start. I'm doing it like a Patagonia. You know, Patagonia started to sell for mountain climbers, mm-hmm. just equipment, you know, some yeah. clothes. And then they're kind of a little bit wider. So all Amazon, like everyone's been doing this. So okay. this is the way you start really narrow. Then you get on people's radar. You can be a premium price. People reach out to you. They mm-hmm. trust you. And then if you want to, you can go a little bit wider. Yeah. So I think that is like definitely the best way to do it. Yes, 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 yes. I love it so much. <laughs> let's um, let's shift gears as we yeah. close out. Tell us what you're getting intentional about right now. I'm getting intentional about meditation. Hmm. Because... I meditate in a little bit different ways. And uh, I took this mindfulness course, which was so good for me because I was really close to a burnout and I work way too much, but mm. I love my work. So my life, kind of my life and my work is kind of intertwined. So yeah. I love it, but I need to have that. I'm very um, dependent on being out in, I need to be in, out in nature every day. Mm. So I have a dog. So every morning, so I have had to kind of, you know, these tiny habits, when you start a new habit, you connect it to something you already do. So for me, that's having my morning coffee and right after I do my morning meditation. I love it. I think it's it's called habit stacking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I do that and then I have a long walk with my dog over lunch and then I have a meditation before I go to bed when I do a gratitude exercise and think about everything that I'm grateful for in my life. So that's something that I'm I'm trying to be very intentional about that because it's really important for me and I'm kind of spiritual and I, Mm. it's important that I kind of keep myself grounded. Yeah. I love that. It's so important for all of us. That's a habit that I have been trying to keep and make stick off and on as probably so many people listening can agree mm-hmm. for so long, but it's one that when I do stick with it, I notice yeah. the benefits. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Um, okay. where can, where can listeners connect with you outside of the podcast? Yeah. I'm Anneli Hansen, A-N-N-E-L-I Hansen, S.com <laughs> is my website and I'm the the Annelie Hansen sounds like a big ego, but I'm I don't have that. But <laughs> my name was taken. But the Annelie Hansen uh, on Instagram and uh, LinkedIn. Yeah, that's that's the best places. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for sharing so much with us today. I I appreciate um, it more than I can say. Oh, and if someone is really curious about things like this, you know, just follow me, me on Instagram and reach mm-hmm. out in a DM. I. That's my last tips. I'm a good hostess on Instagram. So when <laughs> I post, I'm always there for an hour answering people's questions, DMs, everything. So if you want to talk to me, that's the best place. Amazing. 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 
Well, thank you so much for being here. And thank you everyone else for tuning in. And we'll catch you on another episode of Mindset Reset Radio.